0: Listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: Radio. Well, you heard the man with the dulcet tones and classic pipes. It's that time of week. You put in the work, you paid your dues, you've even had your pregame meal. So sit back and enjoy. We got this. I'm Bernie Frano. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to Geico.com for a free rate quote. There's three types of people in the world. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who wonder what happened. Tonight we make it happen. We've got so much to cover, we're going to cram three hours into one hour. And You may have heard of March Madness. Have you heard of August Madness? Well, just take a look at the sports calendar this month and tell me what you would call it. We are in full bloom. The Hotel California League, yes, you know, you can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. It's resumed in style, I might add. In Major League Baseball, well, they might look like a drunk crossing an icy street, but we've got play ball across the land in spite of all the COVID speed bumps. And the NHL Stanley Cup tournament is upon us. And what adds up to, a, I think, the next 60 days or thereabouts is everything goes according to Hoyles. We will crown three major championship teams within days of each other. And what's the one common denominator all three victors will have to have in common to win it all, I'm going to explain in a minute here. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. So you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Kevin Garnett, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, the games are back. COVID-19 has changed everything, and so the main focus is safety above all, and I understand that. I understand why. But to be fair, look, the leagues, they've done an incredible job providing support and medical services to a degree not seen in sports history. In fact, Tommy Lasorda joked a few weeks ago, these days every team has three doctors, five trainers, and six team attendants. Back in the day, we had one team trainer, and all he had was a bottle of rubbing alcohol, which he typically drank by the seventh inning. But I digress. Now that the games are back and we can turn our attention to crowning champions, there is one huge takeaway that pops into my mind, especially if you're looking to bet and bet futures. Now face it, winning a championship on the major league level in a normal year is daunting enough with all the setbacks, challenges, pitfalls, pressure. But winning a title in the COVID bubble era, well, that's a whole different level. This is why I said a month ago, don't give me this asterisk baloney. Just because these seasons have been abbreviated and reconfigured, no, no. You win it, no asterisk. Remember, look, Roger Maris got an asterisk when he hit 61 home runs in 1961. He broke Babe Ruth's record of 60 that was set in 1927. Now, the asterisk that Maris got was not to diminish his accomplishment, but rather to make the distinction that he did it in 162 games. Ruth did it in 154 games, thus the dissimilarity, that's it. But when it comes to the Stanley Cup, the World Series, or an NBA crown, everybody is facing the same gauntlet replete with numerous adverse conditions. The fact is, adjusting to the COVID era circumstances have brought a whole new set of anxieties, whether we like it or not. Dealing with the challenges on the field, the court, the ice, I get it, whatever, it's tough enough, but now you've got this constant testing Fear of the unknown, erratic behaviors by individuals that could affect everybody. The helpless feeling of realizing there's very little you can control because it only takes one or two knuckleheads to start the domino effect, which can lead to canceled games and further media scrutiny. Is if they needed. In addition, players are away from families, their support systems, their comfort zones, they're sequestered in hotels, and all the while wondering in the back of their mind if they'll test positive, possibly never knowing why. In other words, it's a whole different set of distractions and beguilement that's constantly throbbing away with imperceptible slowness and a never ending hindrance. So, in addition to clutch, synergistic, consistent performances by individual players and teams for four straight series championships, it will take an additional intangible to keep things glued together to get across the finish line to be crowned a champion in the 2020 COVID era. Keep that in the back of your mind if you're betting this stuff. I I get it. Attitude, effort, communication, those are the three intangibles that every athlete has to bring to their sport. And they don't require talent. See, the best players or the worst players on any team can exemplify these characteristics. But the additional intangible needed this year is grit. A whole new different type of grit. Not the greatness required to get it done between the lines when the heat gets hot and it's hard to breathe. I'm talking about perseverance, bravery to face each day. They hold mental pictures of what they don't want to happen. Not everybody can do that. Those who can't will not find their way to the top of the mountain. In addition to perseverance and performance on the field, the champs are going to have to maintain the same diligence in all the waking hours while not on the field, worrying about family members. Is everything OK? The absence of a normal routine. The fear of what might be around the corner. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. I'm going to go back into history. P- people that suffered indignities off the field that you never I bet you never knew about. Have you ever heard of Hammer and Hank Aaron? Well, see, long before Hank Aaron was making his mark as the home run king and facing death threats as he chased Babe Ruth in 1974, Hank Aaron was a shortstop for the Indianapolis Clowns of the Negro Leagues. Now, looking back in retrospect many years later, Aaron revealed the most compelling memory of that experience was that of having dinner his final night with the team before he could, uh, being called up to the big leagues. He was on the road and his teammates, and he was about to head out to be a member of the Milwaukee Braves. But as Aaron recalled, quote, we ate in a restaurant, and after the servers cleared our table, they headed to the back of the building. We could hear them smashing the dishes and glasses we'd used. If dogs would have eaten off those plates, they would have put them in the dishwasher, Aaron remarked. That was 1952. Merely one of the obstacles and indignities Aaron overcame on his way to the Hall of Fame. Now, don't get me wrong. You still got to perform on the field. Just take a glimpse at last year's Super Bowl. I guarantee you halfway through the fourth quarter, and last year's Super Bowl, no one was singing the praises of Patrick Mahomes, how soon you forget. With seven minutes to go in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 last year, the Chiefs trailed by 10 points as Patrick Mahomes took the field, and Troy Aikman was all over him like a hobo on a ham sandwich. He said, this is on Mahomes. He's got to lead his team. He hasn't been good. Mahomes had, in fact, thrown two picks in his last eight passes, and he was being outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what happened next. This is the stuff legends are made of. You define the moment, or the moment defines you. Everybody remembers the final result of Super Bowl 54, but not a lot of folks remember how it happened. It was equal parts talent and greatness and grit that made Mahomes a legend in the embryonic stage of his career. Joe Montana did the same thing 30 years earlier with a minute 38 to go in Super Bowl 23. Montana with icy cool precision. He led his team right down the field, beat the Cincinnati Bengals who all but had the game won. That was Super Bowl 23. Now those are on field grit examples. One of my favorite examples involves the legendary boxing heavyweight champion of the world of the last century, a man by the name of Jack Johnson You know, at the turn of the century, last century, Jack Johnson, the heavyweight champion of the world, a very dignified man, a black man, and his wife Lucille, a white woman, were driving through Alabama on the way to a wedding when he was pulled over by one of Alabama's finest. Now, can you imagine how this man with his wife would be treated given the state of our society circa 1912? The officer told Jack Johnson that he was speeding and that his fine would be $50 to be paid in cash. $50 $50 in 1912. Instead of panicking, getting angry, or overreacting, Jack Johnson, a dignified man, reached into his pocket and pulled out a crisp $100 bill and coolly handed it over to the officer. I don't think you heard me, the officer yelled. I said $50, not 100 Well, my good man, Johnson replied, I'm going to be driving right back through this way in about four hours. So I figured we'd just take care of business right now see we can't control what happens to us in life but we can control how we react another example of not only grit but grace under pressure from a world champion who was bigger than the situation now how about an example of grit from an entire team and i mean team now see there's an old saying a star might win you one game but a team will not win them all people say they play the game the right way but what does that mean it means playing hard, smart, unselfish. It means putting your teammates first. A true dream team is not merely a compilation of handpicked luminaries. It's a collection of people who are, in fact, better than the sum of their parts. This is why if I never hear the term dream team again, it'll be too soon. Because for my money, there was only one dream team in the history of sports. So let me share another little-known Olympic story that will take you back to Berlin in 1936, and it chronicles, again, what I believe to be the only real dream team. See, back then, earning Olympic eligibility was different, and an unknown upstart AAU team from Hollywood, California, somehow managed to survive several qualifying tournaments and even an eight-team round robin at Madison Square Garden for the right to represent the United States men's basketball team at the Berlin Olympics. And then the real fun began. After the players informed their respective employers of their intent to compete in the games, well, they were all told if they did so, they would not have jobs when they returned. They were undaunted, and all but one made the trip anyway, and the team caught a break in the opening round. Their first opponent, Spain, well, they had to forfeit the game because the Spanish Civil War had broken out, and their entire roster was called to come home. Can't make this stuff up. But after that U.S. entrant mowed down Estonia, the Philippines, and Mexico, it set up the gold medal match against Canada, the home, ironically, or coincidentally, of basketball founder James Naismith, who, ironically, had been denied access to the games because of a paperwork snafu. Well, guess what? The United States and that ragtag group won the game and the gold medal 19-8 to 8, in a rain soaked contest. That's right. The game was actually played outside on a court made of sand and clay. And shortly thereafter, the players in their mud-drenched uniforms were sporting gold medals for their achievement. By the way, this was the first year basketball was an officially recognized Olympic sport. And it might have been the biggest story of the Olympic Games in 1936, if not for some guy named Jesse Owens who had to overcome some things of his own. So, look, it's a big thing from a non-sports standpoint to watch how the players handle this weird routine. It's, it's just such a unique situation. I've often emphasized the importance of focusing on the mental side of sports. I really think the bubble fatigue factor is going to be a real factor. The teams that have the most success are going to be the ones that come together and stay focused on what they're there for. It's why this is going to be the hardest championship an NBA has ever tried to win, and not just the NBA, the rest of the other leagues as well. What's the moral? The COVID-2020 champions in every sport will be the ones who answer the bell when life outside of the games knocks them down. Asterisk? Hardly. In fact, as NBA commissioner Adam Silver has said, replace that asterisk with two gold stars. Coming up, we're going to go inside the bubble. We'll talk to Ben Steiner of the big lead. He covers the NBA. And we're going to ask all the questions you'd want to know if you were inside the bubble. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Frato, folks. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's head out to our guest. You've heard him on our show before. He was on in March when we were surmising that we believed we'd have the NBA. We just didn't know when and what it might look like. Let's say hello to Ben Steiner of The Big Lead. Ben, thanks for staying up late. Thanks for having me back on, Bernie. So, Ben, uh, they're in the bubble, and they've played a bunch of games, and we've been able to make some observations. The first thing I'd like to uh, ask you is which team, uh, in your opinion, has benefited the most from the four-month hiatus?
2: Well, I think you've got to look at teams like veteran-oriented teams That are going into this where they're well prepared. The Lakers have come out sluggish. It looks like they've already got the number one seed locked up, so it's not really that big a deal at the moment. But I just think that I think that a team like the Lakers, team like the Clippers, is going to benefit because of you know they made more money, they've had more experience in the NBA, they've got better training equipment. I think that you'll see those teams will do better once the playoffs begin.
1: Right, and I think the rest in terms of you meant you know less mileage on the legs and such, you can somewhat see that. But now the teams are in the bubble and living in this environment, and if you make it all the way to the NBA Finals, it'll be uh, Game Seven. in theory could be October thirteenth. Which team has adapted to the bubble environment the best, in your view?
2: I think that a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder is also a team to look at that has adapted very well because. They are led by someone in Chris Paul, who is a true leader, a true point guard, and and if you just watch them play, they are so together. And I think that's what that's one of my sleeper teams. I mean, this is this is we're talking, you know, Vegas talking, we're talking betting lines here. That's a sleeper team I've got, you know, to maybe make a run to the second round or even Western Conference Finals because of the way I think they're going to adapt to this bubble and have adapted to the bubble.
1: Now we we know the favorites are. I'm going to circle back this, to this in a minute. most people feel it's you know it's either going to be the Lakers or the Clippers, or the Bucks, and we'll talk in a minute about which teams could break up the party. But which team has the greatest marginal error and can still win it all? Who do you think could sustain an injury or get cold or you know fall back but still be able to rally? Which team has the most in terms of their uh, you know depth, et cetera? to where they could sustain the, the greatest margin of error and still win?
2: Oh, easily, easily the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, that yes, team totally agree. is yes. – I mean, they got 11 or 12 guys that can play high-level NBA basketball. I mean, I had Kendrick Perkins on my podcast yesterday, uh, and he was saying how they might have too many good players. They might have too many good players that it almost hurts them. So if you're looking at a team like that, well, if they lose a guy or two, maybe even three – Well, they've got the depth to sustain that. A team like the Lakers, I mean, they're already missing Avery Bradley. They're already thin at depth to kind of begin with. If you kind of look at the deep, deep part of that roster, they really are relying on LeBron and AD. So I really think that the one team that can withstand an injury or maybe two or three is the Clippers, no doubt.
1: I want to talk about the Lakers. And by the way, the Clippers are my choice to win it but I know I get a lot of pushback from Lakers slappies. But my question to you is, as you watch the Lakers, Ben, I'm not buying the fact that they've clinched the number one spot, so they've put it into cruise control. I thought today in the fourth quarter they really tried to stuff Indiana, and they could not close the deal. What are you seeing when you observe the Lakers?
2: Okay, that that's a fair fair analysis you've got about – yeah, sure. They did try. They did try to get those stops and they did try to win that game. And again, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't come up with it. But I, I just I think, Bernie, I really think that once you lock up that number one seed and you're going up against other teams that are jockeying for seeds, I really I really think that it's a psychological thing as much as maybe they're trying, as much as it looks like they're trying. It's just something about it that that if a team is hungry, look at the Trailblazers—the way well they did—they did choke a little bit today, but in general they've been playing hard. A team like the Phoenix Suns, they got nothing to lose; they're trying to get in the playoffs. The, it, the Lakers got that number one seed locked up. I'm just not too worried about what what's going on the next few weeks with the Lakers.
1: Here's why I said what I said. We're with Ben Steiner of the Big Lead. Ben, here's why I said what I said because. The number one seed this year gets you maybe bragging rights and some brownie points if there is such a thing as a redemption center. (laughs) There's no home court advantage. No one has to travel this year. So a team who plays a back-to-back, like Phoenix played a back-to-back today, they looked real good. They beat Miami, and you're right, they're hungry. But just because the Lakers won or captured the number one seed, which I think was a feather in LeBron's cap, he couldn't stop tweeting about it, what do you really get for that? And I don't think they want to limp into the playoffs and back into a, a hungry team that might, you know, make them really work to win a couple of series or so.
2: Well, I do think that speaking to what we were just speaking about is how the Clippers have more depth, and they've got 10, 11, 12 guys who can play. Well, the Lakers are top-heavy to an extent. I mean, they've got veterans, they've got guys, but, but look, look at what happened today. Anthony Davis played 35 minutes, he had eight points and eight rebounds and they lost. So I think that's I wouldn't that's no core that's a correlation right there. I think that they need LeBron and A. D to be LeBron and A. D. And if LeBron and A. D. aren't LeBron and A. D. Well, that bench better step up.
1: Well, that's very true. And I we talk about the Clippers. They're gonna run about ten guys at LeBron and wear him out. I saw a lot of ISO ball, a lot of driving to the rim. The Lakers can't shoot threes. We'll set that aside for another day. Let's look over to the East. The Bucks haven't been impressive either. So who do you like in the East that could mess up the party? Could it be Boston? Could you see somebody crazy like a Miami? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I told you back in March uh, when, when we spoke. I think I told you twice, even, even earlier when I came on or even earlier, Miami Heat. the Miami Heat are no joke. Right. They, right. Are, they, are, they are. I've been saying that all season long. They've got young guys who are hungry. I mean, these young guys, I mean, Tyler Hero is big time. Bam Adebayo is a rising superstar. Um, and, then, and then you just you can't go wrong with Jimmy Butler is going to show up when it's big time. He's going to show up. So, and, he, and he's coming back on Monday. So I, I'm looking at the Miami Heat to really make some noise. And you were talking about, when, you know, we were talking about who's going to adapt to the bubble the best. Well, I think the Miami Heat, their culture, they are, they are adapting to this well, and they're only going to continue to adapt to this better. And Eric Spolster, we all know what he can do as a head coach.
1: Do you expect Milwaukee to finally get over the hump with Giannis, or are you seeing some chinks in the armor there?
2: No, I, I really don't think Milwaukee is going to get over the hump. I think that they're a really good team. I think that Giannis is going to get a ring one day. I think that Coach Blood is a really good coach. But I, I don't think that they are going to get over the hump this year. I really think that – and last year, I think it was last year, they, they were breaking every, every record in terms of covering the spread. I mean, they are a good basketball team. I mean, they beat teams handily. But, hey, I have not seen enough evidence from Coach Bud and from Giannis in the postseason that can tell me they're going to get to that over the hump. I, I, I don't see it. Giannis has got to knock down that jumper more, and Coach Bud. Has, has been out-coached at times. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA, maybe even the best at times, but he's been out coaching in Eastern Conference Finals, even dating back to when he was at the Hawks. So I'm not looking at that. I don't think that they will get over the hump this year.
1: Talking with Ben Steiner of the big league. All right, Ben, I haven't even brought up the elephant of the room. Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors, you've got to tip your cap to them. They're a eight-point favorite against Memphis tomorrow. Could they break up the party again and find their way into the finals?
2: Yeah, surprisingly enough, they can. And, and, I, and I'm the first to admit when I'm wrong on something, and I, I got strong opinions. I thought there was a chance they'd have a championship hangover. You know, Kawhi left. They went deeper in the postseason than they've ever gone. The guys like Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol. I thought maybe they'd even slouch out or maybe in like the eighth seed or not even make the playoffs. They have proven me and a lot of other people wrong that they are, they are a, a darn good basketball team, and Nick Nurse is a really good coach. So, and built- and, and the, bubble, the bubble is designed, though, for a team, almost like a big dance, like the March Madness. And and hey, if they're playing defense the way they are, they could they could stun they could stun someone.
1: Wrapping it up with uh, I once called you Nick Nurse, <laughs> Ben Steiner the big <laughs> lead. All right, Ben, so let's flip to the chain. And by the way, yeah, I mean Toronto's record speaks for themselves. They've lost one more game than the Lakers. I don't think a lot of people know that they've lost 19 games the entire year. The Lakers 18. All right, gun to your head, give me the two final entrants and who your champion is.
2: I'll go Clippers-Heat. I mean, the Heat's a hot take, but I, I've been saying it all along. I think the Heat really could get there. I think that no matter what, if it's Clippers or Lakers, one of those teams, teams is going to win the championship. I'll say Clippers. I keep switching back and forth. I really do. But but for now, I'll say Clippers. But it's either going to be Clippers or Lakers holding that trophy at the end of the year.
1: I, I, I'm I'm with you, and I'm going to go with the Clippers. I really think they're going to miss Avery Bradley. All right, Ben, we'll check back with you in a couple months because this thing could go all the way to October 13th. Thanks for joining us.
2: But thanks,
1: Bernie. All right, that is Ben Steiner of the big lead. I think he said Clippers heat in the finals. And look, it's setting up for somebody to come out of left field because this bubble environment has been fun. It's been competitive. The games have been hotly contested. But there it seems like certain teams just have a new lease. And the way that the season has had sort of this reset, I do expect there to be somebody to break up the party most likely coming out of the East. Coming up, lot to chop up. We've got some NFL quick hitters and things to talk about, some random thoughts. And I want to touch on the PGA Tournament. Hey, we've got a, we got a major going on right now and some of the cool ways to bet it and what the handle has been like. So we're going to get to all that. But first, <laughs> well, let's go to the man. He's not only cool, but he's smart and wise as well. As a matter of fact, he's smart enough to know the tomato is a fruit, but he's wise enough to know that you don't put it in a fruit salad. It's Brian Finley with the latest.
0: Bernie, you are making me sound smarter than I actually am. Luka Doncic bossing around the Bucks. The 21-year-old logging 36 points, 14 rebounds, a career-high 19 assists as the Mavericks pacify the Bucks 136-132 in overtime. TJ Warren continues his scoring spree, throwing down 39 points as the Pacers neutralize the Lakers 116-111. Devin Booker goes for 35 points to elevate the Suns past the Heat 119-112. The Clippers resting Kawhi Leonard snicker past the Trailblazers 122-117. Patrick Beverly visibly clowning Damian Lillard from the bench after Lillard blew two free throws in the closing moments, which would have given Porter the lead. Lillard afterwards expressed some animosity towards Beverly and Paul George, which led to a back-and-forth smack talk session on social media where Lillard went on to say, as for George, quote, keep switching teams, running from the grind. You boys is chumps, end quote. Dustin Johnson, a one-shot lead with one round to play at the PGA Championship. Johnson, a 65 on Saturday and behind him, back-to-back PGA champ Brooks Kepka, who is two shots back. He is at seven under, Johnson at nine under overall. In hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights getting dibs on the first seed in the West after an overtime goal and a 5-4 win over the Colorado Avalanche. The Flyers capture the top seat in the East after taking down the Lightning 4-1. Quickly in baseball, the Rockies one-hit the Mariners in a 5-0 victory to improve to 11-3. And the Giants tame an offensively sluggish Dodgers team. 5-4 LA, only two hits. Back to our guy, the main man, Bernie Frato. All right, thanks a
1: lot, Brian. Good stuff. All right, there's so much to get to. Uh, It's almost really not registering that we actually have a major golf tournament going on right now. It's the PGA Championship, and, uh, you know, the Masters won't be played again until November. So everything's kind of cattywampus to the world right now, if you get my drift. But... The beauty of it is here in Vegas, and Arnie Spanier brought this up when I do the uh, hit with him every week at 1020 Pacific. That's Arnie and Aaron every Saturday night from 8 to 11 Pacific. It's a great listen. He asked about the handle in Vegas, and now that the sports have started up again and they've been going since July 30th, you know how do you know, how can people tell whether or not people are that folks are betting and and they are in a big way nick bogdanovich of william hill commented on this week in terms of betting is at an all-time high frankly and golf is at an all-time high by a mile if you just look at the pga the pga typically ranks last of the four major tournaments in terms of the handle in terms of the interest generated in the money bet this year it's equal to or greater than the masters of last year and that has never happened before so Golf betting is up about 400%, and we've got a PGA major that is equal to the Masters, which is typically number one. These are good signs. Part of the reason is the fact that the sports books here in Las Vegas have done such a terrific job of being so creative of offering products and offering various ways to bet, including prop bets. For instance, Webb Simpson. These are just random prop bets I'll throw at you. You could have bet Webb Simpson to miss the cut, plus 270. Now, he made the cut. He's currently tied for 21st. But if you analyze that, well, it wasn't a bad bet. He had a new caddy. And this course in San Francisco is doesn't really fit his style of play. As a matter of fact, Simpson ranked just he ranks only 106th in driving distance. So it's a course not suited to his game. And uh, you know, with his new caddy, you you never know if you can trust the club selection. Well, guess what? He he did make the cut. That prop didn't cash. But one you can keep an eye on tomorrow is a golfer by the name of Harris English. He's currently tied for 34th. But you could have bet a prop bet for him to to finish in the top 20, which he still has a chance to do tomorrow. Plus 400. What that basically means is a hundred dollar bet pays you four hundred dollars now very unfavorable playing conditions which english has been in a couple tournaments this year he's already accorded two top 20s 13th at the memorial which played very difficult here's why i bring up his name he had a die he had a bout with covid early in the year and he's uh he's clear the illness but the bottom line is he was sick for a while so he uh he had to isolate he had to overcome that and he's a guy out there that is back on the tour and there's a prop bet tony finau one of my favorites he's got all kinds of game you could bet him to finish in the top 20 see what happens tomorrow you get him as plus 80 excuse me plus 180 and he's been money doing those types of things by the way, it'll be interesting to see if Brooks Kepka can three-peat. He's tied for fourth. The market favorites in the PGA Championship have basically been synonymous with winning. And what do I mean by that? You look at all the favorites. Four of the top golfers uh, comprise 46% of the handle. Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, and Xander Schauffele. And of those four, well, Schauffele's 13th, mm-hmm. Cantley's 21st tied for 21st. Justin Thomas tied for 34th. But Brooks Koepka has got a shot, so we'll see if that holds. By the way, in case you were wondering, Tiger Woods, he's about 11 strokes back. He's tied for 59th. If you're feeling saucy, you can get Tiger Woods at 101 tomorrow. I don't recommend it. One last thing. Maybe the market has finally passed Tiger Woods by. Only 3% of all the bets were on Tiger Woods. That's not a lot. We'll see. We've still got three more majors to go. All right. NFL. I think we're going to have the NFL. I think the NFL is closely studying what's going on. There may not be fans, but there will be games. And by the way, speaking of no fans, right here in Las Vegas, the big announcement this week that Mark Davis indicated that there will be no fans at this beautiful new stadium, Legion Field, that uh, has just been completed. And... I really, I think people respect Mark Davis's decision a lot because, if you recall, there was an owners meeting about three weeks ago when they thought there was still a chance they could have fans. I Maybe mean, it was a month ago, and they voted 31 to one to allow the first eight rows to be taken up by advertising to generate revenue. The only lone owner that voted against that was Mark Davis. There's a guy who cares about his fans. That one over big. He said, "Look, my PSAs, my luxury seat uh, people, and my you know the people who bought premium seats. No, I'm not going to do that to them." And then he went on to say, "As it pertains to the season, it's either going to be all or none." We're not going to do this deal where we have a lottery and you're hoping to get picked so you can go to the Saints game and see Drew Brees or the Tampa Bay game and see Tom Brady, but you get stuck going to the Chargers game. No, we're not going to do that. Now, In some other cities, they may be able to make that work. I think they're talking about it in Baltimore, maybe Miami. But Mark Davis says no, it's all or none. So you've got to respect the man's decision. I think he's already a fan favorite here in Las Vegas. Kind of a shame. But as you analyze the Raiders' season, you might find it interesting to know this and what we're going to do from here on out until football starts i'm going to give you some quick hitters write them down think about it because you're going to want to be betting the nfl and why not get some cliff notes the las vegas raiders they're going to face a bevy of early start east coast contests in 2020 including six games starting at 10 a.m pacific time just note this quarterback Derek carr who by his own admission has a lot to prove this year. He's 0-6 in games under 40 degrees, 0-3 last season. Let's see how that plays out. And by the way, I think people respect Derek Hart, just not in the way he wants. That's the thing. You've got to win to get the respect you want. Speaking of winning, new Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady, he's been at his best in his NFL career during the month of October, going 60-14 and 14 straight up, 50-23 against the spread, including... 24 and 1 straight up and 22 and 3 against the spread versus teams with under 500 record. By the way, Matt Stafford who's been in the news this past week, Detroit Lions good guy. There's a player prop that I think has real value and it involves Detroit Lions quarterback Matt Stafford. Here's the prop. Over 4150 passing yards i don't know that's only about 260 yards a game first of all i i'm recommending you play the over stafford should be healthy again and by the way he has what i would call the four key intangibles he's produced he's got talent he's got experience and he's got longevity you gotta remember prior to stafford's injury last year and it was a back injury he's got a broken back you've been hit more than rocky balboa in the last 10 years the lions have not been good Stafford's made 136 starts in 136 games. Plus, add to that, their offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, he is going to open up the offense this year and he's going to put the pedal to the metal. So, let's not forget, the Lions' defense also, they'll stink again. So, they'll be playing from behind a lot. And so, Stafford will be airing it out a lot. I like that Stafford over. Every week in this block, we are going to give some NFL quick hitters, and we'll start to give more and more as the season gets closer and closer. And Steve Fezzik will join us again probably in September for most of the shows. Fingers crossed. Let's look forward to a fun and profitable NFL season. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Coming up. You know them, you love them, you can't live without them. It is Mackinac Sports. Might even have a best bet. And we'll take another peek inside the bubble. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Outta Vegas. Straight
2: out of Vegas!
1: One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, let me thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. That would be Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, and Eric Roberts. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate all that you do. All right, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinon Sports, been here since February 8th, here to stay. And uh, McKenzie, we know the NBA is back because some jabroni turned $80 into 53000 at the MGM last week because he had a five team money line parlay, including the New Jersey Nets, who were 15 to 1 on the money line. They were 19 point dogs. I just said New Jersey Nets. I meant Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even move. been drinking. Milwaukee loses outright, part of a five team parlay. Let me not bury the lead. Are the Bucks in trouble?
3: Well, it was the biggest upset in NBA history, so it's not what you want, not what Coach Bud had in mind. And also, by the way, just so you know, Julius Irving and Jason Kidd are no longer on the Nets either. So, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, a whole new team. In fact, there were, bu- there were a bunch of G-leaguers, eight of them, eight out of the 11, played in the G-league this year, and they beat a team that had statistically one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen. I don't think they're the same team, Bernie. Let me ask you this, a bit of a trick question. When do you think is the last time they lost three out of five games, the mighty Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, I don't know, when they had Junior Bridgman. How about the last five games they played in March? They lost three of five. Because you detect a pattern. They're just, I mean, this is a team that was beating everyone by 11 points per game, the kind of stuff the 96 Bulls would do. And they've lost, what, six of 10. Obviously, a lot of different things going on. They already have the number one seed clinched.
1: But I don't think they're the best team in the league. I'm just not buying that number one thing clinch this year because there's no home court advantage. What I am seeing is yeah. I don't think the Bucks defense is very good.
3: You're right. You have you have no, no reason to say oh well we already have what we want. This is the exact time to get to the best possible way you can play at this current moment in time. I didn't think the Nets didn't try. To, I mean the Bucks didn't try today and they lost to the Mavericks. Fair and square, Luka Doncic, they couldn't stop them.
1: I'll tell you who I think did try today based on the number of minutes key players played, and that were the Lakers. And I'll tell you, we'll get to T.J. Warren in a minute because it speaks to a larger narrative. But Indiana came out gangbusters. Lakers took the lead at halftime. Indiana got the lead back, and in the fourth quarter in what they call crunch time, what Magic Johnson used to call winning time, I thought the Lakers wilted. I'm not going to overreact, but I've got to ask you, the fact that they're missing Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley
3: now. Is that part of the reason? Well, when you don't have guards that you can rely on, often your offense stagnates. And they had their second and their third worst offensive performance of the entire season against the Thunder and against the Raptors. They weren't great tonight. They scored less than 100 points without LeBron against the Rockets. There's no indication to me that says they have one of the better offenses in the league. And if you look at the entire season, Bernie, they have the 15th best half-court offense, not
1: the kind of thing that wins championships in this league. They're not able to shoot threes. I don't see any offensive rhythm. I see a lot of one-on-one iso ball. LeBron driving to the rim, right. spinning around. That's and, their... and what they'll
3: say is, what Kendrick Perkins will say tomorrow on TV is, well, they don't care. They're waiting for LeBron to go in LeBron mode. I think LeBron doesn't want to lose consecutive games over and over in this bubble. I think he's in LeBron mode. I just think he's 37 or whatever, 35. I don't think he's the kind of player that can turn it on
1: like Giannis, I think, will be able to. The good news is, if you've been listening to Straight Out of Vegas, Fezzik, you and I, we love the fact that the Lakers over-under of five and a half wins with the eight remaining games. We like the under. That's already cashed.
3: You think they'll let us cash
1: our tickets already? If we go, no, they, they won't. They won't mm. do that. But they've already had their fourth mm. loss. All right, you talked about the deep Guaranteed talent money, pool of wait. a bunch of known. Hey, it's happening in every sport. There was a pitcher, a single A pitcher last year that beat the. Uh, it, he was pitching for the Marlins and he beat the Mets. So you're looking at an NBA talent pool here as well, and guys are making a name for themselves, including T.J. Warren today.
3: You might never heard of T, might not have heard of T.J. Warren before this bubble. You have now, averaging 35 points per game. 14th fourteenth overall pick in 2014. I mean, anybody is so close. If you're an NBA player right now and you get 20% better at shooting and you get 20% more confident, you can go like Kawhi Leonard did, like Paul George did, from an average player to one of the best in the league. TJ, we're not there yet, but very exciting.
1: All right, the thing we're able to do on this show now that we weren't able to do for 134 days, unless you wanted to talk Russian ping pong or Bundesliga soccer. (laughs) Which we did. (laughs) Was give a best bet. Yes. You've got a best bet tomorrow, and frankly, I like it. I've been killing the NBA.
3: Check out my Twitter, at Mac and Rivers. I put all these out completely free. Tomorrow, I'm going the Portland Trailblazers Minus two versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Dame time was lame time today. He missed two free throws, lost the game against the Clippers, got made fun for it, deserved it. <laughs> but that's not what he's about. He's a 90% clutch shooter and just a leadership. He's the kind of guy that says, guys, forget about it. Erase the erase the chalkboard. We are going to win this game because we need to. They're, a, they're in must-win mode to catch up with the Grizzlies. The Sixers don't really care if they get the fifth or the sixth seed. I think they actually prefer the sixth seed, give Embiid against the Celtics with his rivalry a chance to win that. I think the Blazers are more motivated, and Yusuf Nurkic, Four and one ATS against Embiid, he's not gonna have an advantage. The guards for the Portland Blazers will have the advantage against no names like Sheikh Milton, who I actually personally love, but he's a backup, let's right. be honest. Right, right. I think the Blazers have a matchup advantage in guards. They don't have any weaknesses in the center position. I like them by ten for fifteen points. And this is a matchup that I think does favor Portland because Philadelphia is without Ben Simmons. Yes, and Ben Simmons has been decent, but they've never beaten any team without uh, with a decent guard without Ben
1: Simmons. The best one, Spencer Dinwiddie, not that good. All right, good stuff, McKenzie. So our best bet for tomorrow, take Portland, lay the wood. It was at one and a half, now it's up to two and a half. And you're right, the Blazers have all the motivation in the world, and frankly. That really does matter in the bubble. I want to thank Ben Steiner, the big lead, for joining us. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, the man who brings it from Nashville, very strong, it is the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked. Straight out of Vegas!